My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Be victorious. Now for the word of God, Brother Greg Godwin. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's so good to be with you. We give honor to Pastor and Sister Kinsey, and we appreciate them. And uh, we are praying for all of our churches and pastors and ministries, and for all of us, really, during this pandemic. But the Lord is bringing us through, and we're thankful for it, and we're thankful for the victory that comes in his name. We know it won't be too much longer now, and we'll be free. Thank God. And uh, revival is continuing in spite of it. People are still having folks get the Holy Ghost at home. And so we're praying for that to happen this evening, amen, as you all view this broadcast. So it's an honor to be with you tonight, and we appreciate you. have got your Bibles, want you to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter thir- uh, 14, Matthew 14 and 22. Matthew 14 and 22, and we'll read down uh, to the end of the chapter to verse 36. Amen. We're thankful for everyone that's watching. We're praying the Lord will keep his hand upon all of you, and uh, you'll receive something in this short sermon for the church there and those that are watching. We appreciate you. Verse 22, straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go to before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear, but straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said, Come. When Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of truth, amen, thou art the Son of God. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Genesaret, and when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out unto all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought them that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. Amen. A very familiar passage of scripture, but I want to talk to you about dealing with the madness, dealing with the madness in the middle, the madness in the middle. According to the writings of John, after this display of creative power, 
breaking and multiplying five loaves of bread and two fish, that the massive crowd moves towards him in such excitement, enthusiasm, that he sends them away, and then he himself departs. John 6 and 15 records, When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. Now being separated, the disciples are alone, and they're alone in the ship. Uh, there's been the miracle of feeding the 5,000. He sends them apart. And then he leaves and goes another way because a crowd is pressing him. And now the disciples are in the ship in the middle of the sea. And suddenly, as characteristic there at the Galilee, there's a storm that blows up and they are afraid. Afraid. And uh, right now we are in a storm, as it were, here with this pandemic. And uh, it's blown up quickly out of nowhere. And... Uh, I want to encourage you, number one, not to be afraid. Amen. Not to be afraid. Uh, fear comes on all of us, but we don't need to be afraid. The, the disciples, here's what they did. They looked deeper. Uh, when we look deeper into the text, there's much more here than just fearful disciples left to their own demise, stormy winds and seas and, and wild winds. Uh, this is not just a boat ride from one side of the sea to the other. But I would submit to your mind and spirit today that there was a calling and an enticing. There was an invitation. There was a wooing, if you will, of the spirit to go to the other side. Um, I, I feel like this What's one of the things that's happening in this with the church. We're all now on, on the internet and we're uh, pushing the uh, messages by the internet and pastors are putting... Uh, cameras in the church and lining up in the uh bank in the in the in the pulpit and they're lining up in the uh vestibules and they're at home and they're doing everything they can to get a good place to video and they're trying to figure out what theme to do and and uh it's quite quite am uh, amusing to see us having to flex and i believe that when we come out on the other side of this uh, it's going to be different. Ministry is going to be a little bit different. We're going to be back at church and all of that, but I think there has been an opening and an exposing of ministry to us, uh, not just the preachers on the internet, but I believe to you in your home with your friends and with your neighbors. And I know here we pull out the driveway of, uh, once a week or so to get groceries and see somebody that uh, I haven't really paid attention to in this new neighborhood in the last two years. And we're waving at each other and how you doing and cracking the wind and talking. And there's a connection that's happening and there's going to be revival, I believe, that comes out of this. But these disciples there, they're pushing to go to the other side, to go beyond, to step out. Uh, but now they are alone. They're separated from others. They're singled out. They're isolated in isolation. They're secluded. They're sequestered, not allowed to speak with others. Can I tell somebody today if it's oftentimes that when we are sequestered and isolated that God is up to something. Notice before leaving them, he tells him, go to the other side because God is a God of movement. That's what I feel to talk to you about today. God is moving his church. He's moving his people, amen, from one ministry to another. 
and breaking us out of uh, a shale that we were in, amen, uh, and to an evangelistic fervor, amen, that I really believe we're exploding into now. There are churches where people are getting the Holy Ghost in homes and, and they're opening the church up. Got two or three people going to the church, pastors meeting them and baptizing them in Jesus' name. Amen. It's happening. Amen. But what, what is this movement to the other side? If we look in the book of Genesis, we see God moving on the face of the deep. Then we flip to the book of Revelation and we see him coming again. So there are the goings and the comings of the Lord that are revealed throughout the word of God. His spirit fell on them the day of Pentecost. It moved on them. Another place, another place, it moved in them. And then it moved through them because God is a moving God. If we're going to be with God, then we're going to be moving. And that's what I believe God is doing. He is moving. He is preparing to move us and break us out of a stagnation and a stalemate. Ultimately, I believe that the coming of the Lord is closer now than it's ever been. Amen. There is going to be a move where we're going to be saying, Halle here, and it's going to be Luya there. Amen. It's going to be one step here and the next step it'll be over there. We'll be gone in the twinkling of an eye. But in the, these closing moments, there's a movement that God is putting the church in. We can't stay where we are. We can't stay like we are because I've got to be moving. I want to encourage somebody today. You've got to be moving. You've got to move out of depression. You've got to move out of oppression. You've got to move out of habits. You've got to move out of a, a vortex of failure. And a, the spirit of the Lord is moving. Amen. I, I feel like I want to rebuke a spirit of, of uh, suicide, a spirit of desperation that would move upon the people. And the people of God and upon guests and visitors. Amen. I bind that in Jesus' name. I curse it. Amen. You will live and not die. Amen. There is a storm that's blown up. It's caught us in the midst of the sea. Amen. Of life. And we don't know. We're halfway in the middle. Uh, we, we don't know which way to go. Either way, it's the same distance. That's where the disciples were. They were in the midst of the sea. But when you're following God, you're always moving forward. Amen. Touch somebody next to you and say, we've got to move forward. Amen. We don't move backwards into depression and oppression and discouragement and, and all of that. Amen. We got to move forward. Amen. In the name of Jesus. If we look at the text, amen, there is the glory of our beginnings. The disciples have been witnesses to a creative miracle. Uh, he has multiplied five loaves of bread and two fish, feeding 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. God wants us, and many have, but he wants us to experience the creative miracle of being born again. The Bible tells us if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen. The word creature here is literally creation in the Greek. So if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away and behold all things. Touch somebody next to you and say all things. That's everything becomes new. Whenever we're born again, John 3 and 3 through verse 5, John chapter 3, verse 3 through verse 5, Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. We must be born again of the water 
and of the spirit. He says, well, how can I be when I've, you know, I'm old now. How can I enter again my mother's womb? And Jesus says, no, no, no. Whatever's born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He said, Nicodemus, you're already born of the flesh. And that's got you in a tight place now. We are born into sin when we're born from our mother's womb. Every man is born in sin and we're shaped in iniquity. But Jesus comes and says, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Amen. You must be, uh, we find that further on in, in the book of uh, Acts where Jesus, amen, baptizes them with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter two. Suddenly the spirit of God fills the house and they're filled with the Holy Ghost suddenly. And uh, they begin to speak with other tongues. And and uh, then the people they are there for the feast of festival Pentecost, which is coming up for us. And and they they say, what, what, what do we must do? And, and Peter says, you've got to repent. You've got to do an about face. You've got to do a turnaround. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Our water baptism is not just to show we've got good faith or to obey a church rule. No, we're water baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. Having sins forgiven is wonderful, but the sins are still on us and in us. We've got to have them remitted away from us. How does that happen? When we're baptized, when we're immersed in water, in Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says our sins are removed from us, and then we are filled with the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of God, evidenced by speaking with other tongues. This is what happened to the church at the very first time in Acts chapter 2 when people were born again. They spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the ability to speak. And then in chapter uh, chapter 2 and 39, Peter went on and said, The promise is unto you and your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I believe God is touching uh, people right now. There are new people watching. Maybe you're watching this broadcast. You've never even been to the Pentecostal church there, amen, in Pensacola. But I want to tell you, you need to go, amen. In fact, you could get the Holy Ghost watching this tonight. Amen. You could receive the Holy Ghost and you could call the church. They had baptized you in Jesus' name. And the Bible tells us we become new creation. Old things are passed away. And behold, everything, all things become new. Amen. So we're not who we used to be. We're not the drunk we used to be. We're not the dope addict we used to be. We're not uh, immoral like we used to be. We're not the philander like we used to be. We're not lying like we used to. We're, we're not two-timing things and people like we used to. Amen. Because we are new creatures. Notice now, Jesus moves. He separates himself from them. He will be king, but not now. So to stop the excitement of the crowd at crowning him early, he goes to the other side in verse 22. Beyond to the farther side represents destiny, the prophetic, and the purpose of God in our life. We're not to hang around the baptistry or altars just sitting there, but we're to listen for the command to go to the other side, into the purpose of God, into what he has promised us. There is a reason you are here today. There's a reason God has orchestrated for me to be on this internet uh, speaking to you today. It, there's a reason God's got plans for you and your family. There's a reason that you're in Pensacola 
or in Fort Wayne, Indiana, or Washington, D.C., or, or China, or, or wherever you are in the world. Amen. God's got you there for a reason. Note the prophetic of 1 Peter 1, verses 10 through 12. He says, which things angels desire to look into. Angels became students of that which was prophesied. When will it come to pass? Where will this come to pass? To whom will this happen? First uh, Peter 1 and 12, it uh, means to look is literally to stoop down. And it points to the elders of the old. They are stooping down, looking into time. The angels are looking, wanting to know when will this happen? They're stooping down to be near something, to bend forward in order to look at it more closely. Amen. Uh, yeah, it would denote that state where one who was before at so great a distance that he would now could not look clear to see an object, but would draw near, stooping down in order that he might observe it more distinctly. All that is necessarily implied in the language is that the angels had an intense desire to look into these things, that they contemplated them with interest and fixed attention like one who comes near to an object and looks narrowly upon it. Amen, amen. Even the fallen angels are looking into the prophetic. Hell knows if I let the church get to their destiny, I'm finished. Hell knows if you get to what God's calling you to, he's finished. He can't hurt you. He can't destroy your life. He, he won't destroy your family. You'll make it, amen. And ultimately, if we pass away before the rapture, we're gonna walk on streets of gold and it'll be beautiful. But today and tonight, we noticed they were in the midst of the sea. John said they had went 25 to 30 furlongs. A furlong was about a mile. So they were now approximately four and a half miles, amen, from beginning. The Sea of Galaxy was approximately 10 miles wide. So they're almost halfway across the Sea of Galilee. They were in the middle of the sea. They were tossed in the ship, vexed, tortured, going up and down in the sea. The Bible said the wind was contrary. That means it was antagonistic. It was adversarial. It was hostile, inhospitable, jaundiced, negative, unfriendly, and unsympathetic. In Greek, it was contrary. It was in front of. The wind is four quarters of every direction. The spirit world is blowing, but now in this text, the wind is coming from in front of the disciples. They were headed to the other side, but the wind is coming from where they're going. It's because the enemy knows if he can stop you in the middle, amen, he'll keep you from getting to the other side is his ultimate goal. So we're between start and finish, origin and destination, beginning and ending, lost and saved, sick and healed, broke and blessed, poor and rich, Amen. The 11 disciples stay in the back of the boat. But Peter said, I see something. I think it's a ghost. But he said, if thou be, bid me come to thee on the water. And when they were entered the ship, the wind, the storm, the waves were calmed. Amen. That's beautiful. Peter steps out of the boat. He lunges out, just walks on the water and seeing the wind blowing. It scares him, and he begins to sink. Now, I don't know how you can begin to sink. When I was a kid, I'd swim in the pool, and I'd say, okay, God, you're not a respecter of persons. I want to walk on water like Peter, and I'd step out, shoo, down I'd go. <laughs> uh, I'd do it. I mean, I've done it many times, but I'd never walk one step on the water. But Peter would had walked out on the water, and he began to sink. Now, how you begin to sink, because when I stepped out, 
I went down. I was down at the bottom in just a second. Didn't get a solid piece of nothing until I got to the bottom of the pool. Amen. But Peter's walking on the water and beginning to sink. Amen. He calls out on the Lord and the Lord grabs him by the hand and they walk back into the ship. Amen. Now watch this. When they get to the other side, the Bible says the crowd took knowledge of him. He evangelized the country. The sick and the disease were brought to him. They desired to touch him. And as many as touched him were healed. What I'm saying to you tonight is God is calling you today. Your future is beckoning you. Families are waiting on you. The city of Pensacola and the counties around you are waiting for you. Yes, there's a storm. Our country and our world is in a storm. But when we come out of it, amen, we're going to be all right. Lean into the wind. Move into the wind. Don't back up. Don't give in. Don't quit thinking about God. Don't quit reading your Bible. Don't quit thinking about church. Lean into the wind, the frenzy and the lunacy of the wind. Amen. It's coming from your future. Your enemies knows I've got to stop them. But the angels are stooping down. You're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses cheering you on. Come on. Don't let her discourage you. Don't let him seduce you. Don't let him play you. Don't let him defile you. You may have doubted a little and began to sink, but I see a hand reaching for you. You're not going to drown in this circumstance. We're not going down in this pandemic. It's not a demon. It's not a devil. Amen. God is with us in this storm. A revelation is coming back with you. When we come out of this storm, we're going to have a great revelation. Understanding is coming with us everyone is going to want what we have. Amen. That's what I felt like saying to you tonight is number one, lean into the wind. Amen. You're halfway there. Amen. The future is the same distance as if you turn and go back. Amen. You may leaning into the wind can only go a little bit at a time, but I'm encouraging you in Pensacola and the Pentecostals there in Pensacola and all those that are watching around the world, lean into the wind, move to the future. Do not go back. Do not backslide. Do not give in to the enemy that's talking to you, talking noise to you, uh, and talking trash to you right now. That's a lying devil. God is in the front of us. The future is in front of us. And I I want to encourage you, lean into the wind. If we can deal with the madness of the middle, amen, when we get out of this middle place, amen, we're going to be on the other side of this pandemic, and it's going to be glorious and victorious. So Lord, bless you in Jesus' name. Our prayers are with you. Amen. You pray for us. We're praying for you, and I believe that God is going to work a miracle. Lord bless you. Brother Greg Godwin preached a powerful and mighty message to our hearts, and I want you to receive that word in faith, and I want the Spirit of the Lord to minister to you through that word. Now, I want you to get your family together because we're going to pray, and we're going to ask that the Lord will uh, use us in this time to be a voice of encouragement to others and to speak the blessing of God into people's lives. Father, I thank you for the open heaven that's over this church. And I ask that you would give us a spirit of understanding to know how we can use this opportunity to minister to people. I break every generational curse that would force people into a mold of behavior that you do not desire for them to succumb to. And I thank you, Lord, 
that you have set your people free today from every curse. Enlighten the eyes of our understanding that we might be established in the earth as the sons of God. Release this word of faith so that we might be free, free from our past to step into our promised land with victory and praise to the wonderful name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your work and for your word. And we ask that you would bless us in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.